Hey everyone, welcome to Unlearning Youth Group, where the podcast where we take a look at all the things we learned back in youth group, find the good, unlearn the bad, and figure out where the heck we go from here. We have met, my name is Jonathan Carone, and today we've got a special bonus episode for you. In our episode this week on Democrats and Republicans and the tribalism, we had about a 10-minute segment where we talked about campfires, and the episode was getting long, so it had to get cut, but we wanted to pass it along to you because I think it does provide a little bit of value. So here is a bonus episode from that earlier episode this week. Yeah, there's a great podcast episode of Good Faith. Uh, it's with David French and Curtis Ching. I really like their approach to politics and religion. Um, there's one person who's more liberal than the other, one person more conservative. So it's a real great balance. But the episode's called The Partisan Mind. In it, they talk about how we have these societal campfires where like-minded groups of people come together and they sit with each other. And we've had these campfires forever. In fact, our brains are hardwired to want to secure a place around the campfire. Our brains find it safer to be in a tribe or being mm-hmm. a group of people. That's why these tribal things we've been seeing, the rise of tribalism with politics, it's kind of natural. Mm-hmm. And so we have to at least acknowledge that. But traditionally, we have had many different types of campfires. You'd have your family. Families lived close together, and that was the campfire that meant the most. You had religion. That was the campfire. Or denominations, that was what it was. Or you didn't have social clubs. Well, there are not as many social clubs as there used to be. You might be a member of the Rotary Club or mm-hmm. uh, whatever it might be. Those were the campfires. But in American culture, many of those campfires have been getting put out and we've started combining every campfire into Democrat or Republican first. Yeah, Those are the campfires we've been sitting around. And I think a lot of it is like you talked about earlier, but it's because you retreat yourself away from some of those other situations. So for instance, in my neighborhood, like right now, out my back window is a Mormon church. Across the street from us, our neighbors are Mormon. Um, <laughs> sharing this story with you, one of our next door neighbors is active um, active duty military family. You know, they've got all the all the military stuff going on. Great, great family. The other side has a rotating list of flags based on the LGBT, uh, you know, flag Pride Month. Uh, yeah, just a number of different what you would maybe Man, we consider love our flags in America. Yeah. Progressive, progressive s- signalism. And then across from them, um, they recently moved out, but every single F Joe Biden, let's go Brandon Gadsden flag. Don't tread on me. Thin blue line, thin red line, thin green line, thin, whatever line flags coming out. And so like, literally we are surrounded by a number of different political ideologies right here in my own neighborhood. And I think too many of us have gotten to a spot where whether you want to or not, you end up uh, moving and retreating to the country where either you're not around any neighbors or the only neighbors you're around look and act and vote like you, or you retreat into the inner city where the only neighbors that are around you are the ones that uh, that think and believe in your particular way. So you're not forced to be around a campfire where it's like, hey, maybe I need to like not say those things publicly. Maybe I need to not be so judgmental about this, other things like that, because you know it might offend somebody around me. It may, it may intersect with them in a bad way because when you remove yourself from so many of quote unquote, those people, it's easier. When the other to side de- isn't human anymore. Yeah. It's easier to dehumanize them, but I, I can look around and I go, okay, those people, 
I have those people on both sides all around me in my neighborhood. I was just, last, last thing on this, just talking to one of my, my good friends, he's a pastor, he's planning a church in Goodyear, Arizona. And he said to me, he said, man, I love the fact. Hey, I have, before, before you go further, yeah, explain the cultural context of Goodyear. Okay. Because it's important. So, but it's here too. Okay. So where I'm at, I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're a majority minority state. I just looked up the, the stats. It's like 35% white, non-Hispanic, 35% Hispanic, you know? And so it's like, we are not a white majority area. And the same thing is true in the, in the greater Phoenix area where it is a true melting pot of a number of different areas. And so this guy's coming from a, what I was getting at Goodyear, Arizona was one of the places that president Trump campaigned the hardest right? because of it was a super swing area that if he thought if he could get that, because I did a website for a church in Goodyear, Arizona, Mm -hmm. and they told me that they had secret service in their church often during the campaign because president Trump rallied right down the street from where their church is. So I just want to give you the context of Goodyear, Arizona. Go ahead and say it. So But so my friend, he says, he says, I love the fact that we're planting here. Now he comes from a majority white, you know, area where he was, he was on staff at a church. And now he's like, I love seeing so many different people, so many different backgrounds, so many, you know, and he's talking about, I love the diversity and knowing that we're going to be planting in an area where we are planting in a very diverse area. And I'm like, that's a great mindset because Mm -hmm. if you're going to build these churches with walls up that say, keep these people out keep the people we don't agree with out, even though you may be saying, oh yeah, 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 oh, sure. Everyone is welcome, blah, blah, blah. The ground is level at the foot of the cross, but your rhetoric is that of like, this is our campfire or uh, it's that sixth grade lunch table. This is our lunch. T- you can't sit here. You can't sit here. Like we are missing out on the gospel. We are missing out what Jesus calls. I'm rewatching Boy Meets World and they actually have those lunch table scenes in the first couple episodes. Right? Of like, Corey wants to go sit with the nerds at one point because he doesn't like the cool kids anymore or him and Sean fight or whatever. But that's a totally different tangent. But the it's the line, you could see campfires or you could also say lunch tables. It's yep. the same exact concept. Yeah, exactly. And we need to, you know, we need to be cultivating those better. And those are some things too with uh, uh, what I picked up from an Andy Stanley sermon too. He referenced Miles Law. He said, where you stand depends on where you sit where you stand politically, where you stand, what the stand that you take depends on where you were grown, where you grew up, that depends on the area that influences you. And so I think that that's something that we need to do when we're considering these campfires is realize your viewpoints. The viewpoint that you have is largely shaped by your upbringing, your surrounding, your, uh, sorry for all of you who get triggered by this, but your privilege, you know, like that's an area where it's like, yeah, of course, it's easy for me to be a conservative, because I'm white and middle class. It's easy for me to love capitalism and to hate big government and other things like that. Why? Because I have more privileges than the things that some of these social welfare types of uh, policies. Well, I'm a business owner. And yeah, so it helps me if the taxes are low. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I want my kids to go to good schools and I have the ability to move to send them to a good school, that sort of thing. Like, So of course I can, I can make a stand for those sorts of things. Um, so- you need to realize that, first of all, that where you stand is depends on where you sit, but then also you need to listen to people who've experienced our world differently than you have. So seek out people who may have a different opinion. And so when you find yourself disagreeing with somebody, find somebody who's like that or actively get involved in that, in that area, in that conversation, sit at their campfire and say, Hey, 
ah, I'm struggling with this abortion issue because, you know, you may be, you know, staunchly pro-life and don't understand any aspect of a Christian who could be pro-choice. Sit with somebody and ask them about it. Say, I don't, you know, I'm really struggling with the transgender issue or with the LGBTQ, you know, plus it issue. Sit with somebody who actually is in that campfire or around that campfire and try to understand them from where they are coming from. Where are they sitting? Where are they sitting that, that leads them to make that sort of stand? And as Christians, we have to make sure that we are first cultivating a campfire that welcomes all Christ followers. Yeah. That our Christian campfire, that it is welcoming to anyone who wants to follow Jesus. Regardless of their skin color, regardless of their political affiliation, regardless of their nationality, as Christ followers, that's got to be the biggest campfire that we have, because ultimately that's our identity above all of these other things. Mm -hmm. I remember I did. uh, I used to be a a drum instructor for a number of different families. I give private lessons and I give private lessons to a Jewish family. Um, and you know, we went to a Seder meal and I don't know if you've ever gone to like, uh, you know, Jewish Passover Seder meal, things like that, but they would talk about wherever they would sit, whatever they would do, they would try to leave an open seat. And that open seat was for Elijah. That was representative that they believed that when Jesus came back, they wanted to, or, you know, when Elijah came back, uh, for them, they wanted to make sure there was an open seat at the table for him. And that was representative. And it really kind of sticks with me when we're talking about this conversation. When it comes to our campfires, when it comes to our situations, are we leaving an open seat for those who may not look like us, who may not agree with with us, who we may be even demonizing? Are we intentionally trying to widen that circle and, you know, essentially scooch over and say, I'm I'm okay with kind of putting aside some of my viewpoints in order to build a bridge with you? In fact, another Andy Stanley quote, he says, don't burn down a relational bridge over a political view. The you beside you is more precious to God than your potentially flawed view. Am I making space at this campfire for someone else that I may not agree with or I may not have the same upbringing background? Ultimately, we have to lead and show grace upon grace upon grace to the other political side. And that means we have to seek justice, mercy, and kindness more than we seek power and control. And that's hard. But if we're going to claim Christ first, we are commanded to do that. And we cannot do that while having tribal political parties. Mm -hmm. That's it for today. We'll be back next week with our episode on Christian nationalism. Subscribe, rate, review the show, all those things. If you want to get in touch with us, You can email us at hello at unlearningyouthgroup.com. We hope you have a great week and we will see you next week.
school.